Greetings, ghouls. Okay, so to bring it to a weird tangent in a tangent within a tangent. Skewed into this tangent. And now, introducing our hosts, the gruesome twosome, Mike and Jeremy. We are fans of the dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Welcome to Fans of the Dead. I'm Mike. I'm Jeremy. All right. I'm glad that you're Jeremy again. Yeah, I can't do Jer Bear. <laughs> I was texting Lauren last night because it was the the last drive-in, and she, she mentioned, how's Jer Bear? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, man. It's catching on. No. So, how you doing, bro? Doing good. Doing good. We are in the same building again. We're in an underground bunker. Because it's the end of the world. Is this where we cue REM? Do we feel fine? We're fine. Okay. So yes, we're going a little offbeat for this episode. Probably going to catch a little bit of flack because some of these people are going to say they're not horror. Yeah, I can already tell you that <clears throat> there's two on my list that people are going to be like, that's not horror. There's definitely sci-fi. Maybe we'll mix them with like a little bit of action, but they definitely fall under... The dystopian category. Yeah, so we're doing po a post-apocalyptic, end-of-the-world dystopia. But you know what? What's scary? The scariest thing, I think, in the world is humans. They are. I mean, we're animals, literally. I know people hate saying that, that we're animals, because they think we're better than, like, a dog or a bear or a platypus. I mean, the bears are pretty awesome. I mean, dogs are pretty cool. Platypuses, aren't they, like, poisonous? Are they? I don't know. They're like fucking freaks of nature. They're like four-legged ducks. But anyway, <laughs> my point is that we're no better than wild beasts. What would you do for your kids? In that scenario? In any scenario. I'd kill for them? You'd do anything. Do anything. All right. And, and you're just a regular guy. Yeah. When people are back into a corner, they'll do whatever the fuck they want Want to do, have to do, need, need to, to do, do, to survive. So, I mean, that's basically where we're at for all these movies. People are in these situations and they have to survive and they go to some crazy lengths to make sure that happens. So it's, uh, fuck, fucked up my note, whatever. <laughs> Moving along. Are we flipping a coin? What are we doing? Yeah, you're hosting. Why don't, why don't, uh, why don't you go first? Top 10. All right, I'm getting this one out of the way. I really like this movie. It was a little slow, but I, I really enjoyed it. <clears throat> the clock stopped at 1.17. There was a long sheer of bright light, then a series of low concussions. I think it's October, but I can't be sure. I haven't kept a calendar for years. Blah, 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 blah. Within a year, there were fires on the ridges and deranged chanting. There has been cannibalism. Cannibalism is the great fear. Mostly I worry about food. Always food. Fooled? Food and the cold and our shoes. Sometimes I tell the boy old stories of courage and justice, difficult as they are to remember. All I know is the child is my warrant, and if he is not the word of God, then God never spoke. The Road. 2009 movie. Based off a novel by Cormac McCarthy, 
music by Nick Cave, Viggo Mortison, Charlie Theron, Robert Duvall, Garrett Dillenhunt, Michael K. Williams. This is a story of a man and boy, and they're literally credited as man and boy. They're just doing the best they can to survive, forced to scavenge in the wasteland with a lingering cough. They travel to the ocean with not much more than two bullets, dwindling hope, and faith that they are the good guys. I don't think I've ever heard of this one. You've never heard of The Road? I don't think so. I believe it's free on Tubi. You should definitely check it out. It's uh, it's a little slow, but like as he said, there's some cannibalism. There are some roving gangs, uh, but basically they're on the road and they're walking and then they're walking and so, then there's more walking. So it's like season four of The Walking Dead. Yes, there's a lot of walking. <laughs> but I, I really like it. It's cool. Uh, it's bleak, man. Uh, a lot of these can be summed up if by one word. It would be bleak. You know, word. You know, we we don't use that word enough. Bleak. It's probably a good thing. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. But I don't know. Just saying. You know what? Two words I don't use enough. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my number ten. This one. I actually watched this last night and I debated putting it on my list, but then I thought, like, you know what? I'm going to put it on my list because I actually kind of liked their thought process on this. The Night Eats the World. The Night Eats the World. Yes. This that sounds bleak. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bleak, especially for Sam. Uh, Sam, uh, he's a musician. He's living in Paris and he decides to visit his ex-girlfriend, Fanny, uh, to recover some music tapes. Yes, literally tapes. Nice. Cassettes. Um, cassette tapes. There are these things. They are rectangle-ish. I think we've we've told people what cassettes okay. are. People know what cassettes are. I feel like not everyone. I, I think there's a lot of movies about the end of the world involving cassette tapes. It could be. Um, <clears throat> anyway, she, uh, they were left in her possession. Fanny is holding a party and kind of brushes them off, you know, a bunch of times. So he's all pissy and, you know, drinks the night away. And um, so on his way up to his, like, the office, uh, he gets bumped into by a party goer. And um, once he's going to grab these tapes, he starts his nosebleed or whatever, and he passes out. Now, while he's passed out, uh, sounds of chaos erupt. Uh, there's screaming, there's yelling, there's all sorts of shit like that. Uh, he sleeps through the whole thing. The next morning, zombie apocalypse. Oh boy. Yes. Uh, he wakes up to just blood everywhere. Shit's destroyed. <clears throat> he sees a family across the street, like through the window. Uh, one of their family members have like turned and, you know, he's just like, what the fuck is going on? And these are, these are ones that like at the, any stage, bit of sound they come in hordes i mean they're fast and and all that and essentially normally you know you you grab your supplies and you go out and you you know you're trying to find other people and you're killing them left and right that's not what sam does sam kind of just like chills in the apartment (laughs) so i i feel like this is shit that like i would do it's like why are you fucking going out there (laughs) why do i have to be the one that kills them all there's a room over here with like a drum set and he's he's a musician so he's like i'm gonna chill here i'm gonna play so the slightest sound causes hordes of zombies (laughs) so he he found that out to drum (laughs) so he found that out and he's just like oh that's what they do um yeah and 
there's one that's kind of stuck in an elevator. I think his name was Arthur, and he just kind of like talks to him from time to time. But it's like him. Arthur is a a human or a zombie? A zombie. Okay. So you know, is a zombie. No, he take part in the conversation. Or he's just a good listener. Uh, he's a very good listener. Okay. Um, he comes across another person. Uh, so there, there is later in the movie. So there is hope that there are potentially other people out there. But essentially, like the like the whole movie is like him just kind of surviving and kind of. I, I feel like that's what a lot of people would do is just not try to go out and. I, don't know. I, I like I like that different take on on the on the zombie aspect yeah just just hunker down and see what happens kind of a slow movie but it, it was it was different cool uh all right hey before we go any further what is a dystopia it is an imagined state or society in which there is great suffering or injustice typically one that is totalitarian or post-apocalyptic so that's uh, a pretty broad statement yeah, so I, I mean, a bunch of my like some are, imagined. Hmm. See, but I don't think it has to be post-apocalyptic though. Well, it doesn't. It says or post-apocalyptic. Okay, because like some of mine are just like fucked up societies. Yeah, I mean, there's always the joke that like well, we're living in the worst dystopia right now. But if you think about it, I mean, there's some fucked up shit going on. Like in the news today, I saw that uh, the Taliban in Afghanistan are forcing women to cover up from head to toe and i mean in america you're like oh that's that's fucking crazy but like we're like banning abortions it's like it's just a different type of dystopia like what is this the handmaid's fucking tale i haven't seen any of that but my wife loves that show i haven't seen it either i just know it's it's, it's, it's not a good place for women. No, but like what she told me, it's actually pretty fucked up. And it actually kind of intrigued me a little bit. I'm like, that actually kind of sounds like something I'd watch. Yeah. Yeah. So fucked up shit going on. Um, yeah. My number nine. Going back to 1984. Since before recorded time, it had swung through the universe in an elliptical orbit so large that its very existence remained a secret of time and space. Scientists predicted a light show of stellar proportions, something not seen on Earth for 65 million years. Indeed, not since the time that the dinosaurs disappeared, virtually overnight. There were a few who saw this as more than a coincidence, but most didn't. Boom, 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 boom. Night of the Comet. I didn't get to that one. I saw that like Lauren had posted it and I was like, I got to get to that one. I didn't get to it. This is like the perfect movie for The Last Drive-In. It is, it's fun. It's campy. It's goofy. It's awesome. It takes place 11 days before Christmas. Two sisters played by Catherine Mary Stewart. You know, her from Weekend at Bernie's and Kelly Maroney. So they are Reggie and Sam Belmont, two valley girls lucky enough to survive the initial apocalypse only to face the creepazoid zombie infested dystopia ahead. I had to say creepazoid because that was another movie that I got to that's really fun, but I uh, didn't make the list. Uh, yeah, also Mary Warrenoff, Michael Bowen, Joss Whedon. Did I say his name? I, that's how I've been. Anyway, he used Kelly's character as inspiration for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Really? Yeah, so interesting. 
basically they sleep through the comet sh- the comet show is that what it is you know the comet it's going over over overhead it's kind of like a maximum overdrive type of thing they get caught in the tail of the comet and everyone just gets vaporized you know not everyone because for some reason some people turn into zombie type creatures that just want to like kill you um and then there's these crazy scientists that want a science they just want a science and science is bad i mean i feel like science could be good well they're using it for evil okay or you know just want to use people as guinea pigs for their good science but yeah this movie was was really fun fun soundtrack you know typical early 80s horror movie real fun check it out nice so my number nine this could probably be on the category of maybe not so much horror but my wife and i saw this this was actually a youtube red movie a few years back called the thinning the thinning the thinning apparently this is before i realized that logan paul was a douche canoe <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so it's uh this came out 2016 uh it's 2039 i feel like this is kind of how all these dystopian movies are earth is overpopulated yeah there's a lot of people yeah uh united nations declare that all nations must annually cut their populations by five percent uh the u.s implements a 10 dash 241 or the thinning a standardized test in which those who fail are executed well damn so i, I kind of figured that they'd go after like homeless people or it, no first. Or, so, or maybe that was last year's five percent uh maybe so obviously if that's this was you know in our situation um Oh, maybe now I might pass, but in high school, I probably wouldn't have passed. Well, I think that's something that you might have studied for. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's a big test. That that might actually have some implications for your life. Yes. Uh, so Blake Redding, uh, the son of Texas Governor Dean Redding, uh, he's dating a girl named Ellie Harper, played by Peyton List, who's, um, you know, her as Tori on Cobra Kai, or at least some of our listeners do. I was going to say, isn't she on Disney shows? She's uh, She was in Jesse and Bunked. Yes. Actually, kind of entertaining shows. But anyway. Yeah, the kids watch those shows a lot. I could probably tell you the plot of many episodes. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, neither of whom study for the exam, but Blake passes the exams while Ellie fails. Blake calls his father in attempt to free Ellie, but he refuses. You know, she fucking failed. So she's apparently got to die. Yeah. Uh, on the day of the, his last exam, a year later, Blake makes a video saying that he will purposely fail his exam to test his father's loyalty. Uh, Redding takes notice. You have to take the test every year? Annually, yeah. Like I think up to, you, up to a certain- In case you got like wicked dumb all of a sudden? Yeah, like up to a certain age. Um, so I'm guessing like once you turn 18, like you don't have to take Blake mm-hmm. anymore. Um, so anyway, um, he takes notice of this announcement and uh, test manager- Mason King, head of the Department of Population Control, is ordered by him to pass him regardless of his score. Uh, so the scores are switched around. Teacher Miss Birch, who uh, secretly handled, so he switched tests with like the class genius. Like who's she? Like she studies 
relentlessly for this test. So now she's, she's going to die. She's going to die. But the teacher uh, hands her a key card so she can unlock the doors and escape because she knows like she got fucked over. Right. Um, Blake backs out of the out of the school, allowing Lena uh, to escape. Uh, it, it's like I said, not really horror. I mean, there's a lot of like blood and shit in it, but like as as like a parent knowing like the, their lives determine or or are based. Uh, the tests so, yeah like the test determine like their their fate and like you know like that that's got to be pretty pretty like nerve-wracking uh because they show like a classroom with like all the girl like the young girls like taking tests and i'm going oh yeah so, that's fucked up you know when you see someone come up with like failure 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 and you're like no <laughs> I, it, that's horrible. like i said i mean it's it's more um sci-fi i guess than than like anything but I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty cool concept. Hmm. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, so where are we? Number eight. Sorry, my notes kind of switched around. I saw another movie and had to squeeze it in. So number eight, we're going back to 1981, but we're also going into the future. Way into the future of 1988. <laughs> that's, 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 if you're going to make a movie about the future, you might want to set it Maybe a, a century ahead, not just like a few years. Give it at least 30. Back yeah. to the Future did 30. Yeah, and I mean, we were already past the future. It's true. All right, so anyway, in 1988, oh, the best part about this is narrated by Jamie Lee Curtis. Ah. In 1988, the crime rate in the United States rises 400%. The once great city of New York becomes the one maximum security prison for the entire country. The United States police force, like an army, is encamped around the island. There are no guards inside the prison, only prisoners in the worlds they have made. The rules are simple. Once you go in, you don't come out. Escape from New York. Probably not on a horror list, but it's pretty horrific, the shit that goes down within the island of Manhattan. It, it's John Carpenter. He's awesome. So it actually takes place in 1997. 1988 wow. is when when the, the world goes out. to shit. Yeah. No, it came out oh, in okay, 81. 81. That's right. We got Kurt Russell, Ernest Borgnine, Donald Pleasance, Isaac motherfucking Hayes, Adrian Barbeau, Harry Dean Stanton. Kurt Russell plays Snake Plissken. He's headed to the prison island. But he's giving he's given an ultimatum. He's got 24 hours to extract the president in return for his freedom. So it's basically, do this or die. So basically, terrorists take over Air Force One. The president gets launched out into an escape pod, and he's somewhere in the city. He's got a tracking bracelet. And, I mean, that doesn't really do shit. If, like, within the first five minutes, you find out that some bum has the tracking bracelet, <laughs> and, and uh, Snake has to... You know, maneuver through this this new society, which is basically run by gangs. Isaac Hayes has a cool like Escalade that has chandelier hood ornaments, and it's just <laughs> it's just chaos and and a lot of shooting. And you're the Duke, you're the Duke, a number one, baby. I love this movie, and John Carpenter. You know, he does not disappoint. He does the soundtrack, and you know, it, I, I I don't know. I listen to the soundtrack i think it's cool 
This movie's I, I, awesome. I'm sure, I'm sure I've listened to the soundtrack at one point. When did um, Escape, was it the second one, Escape from L.A.? <laughs> was that one? 98? Wow, is that Ish. far ahead, right? Yeah. I feel like that one wasn't as good. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I, the, the idea was cool. It was just, and I actually, I did like that movie. It's just, I think it gets a lot of flack because of the, the surfing scene. It yeah. looks bad. They could have done without that that scene. Yeah, fair enough. But they wanted Peter Fonda. <laughs> so I guess. <laughs> All right. So my number seven. This is probably the last of of my like. Is it horror? Is it not horror? Sci-fi dystopian kind of kind of stuff. We're gonna go a little bit further in the future from twenty thirty nine, and we're gonna go to twenty forty three. Whoa. Uh, this was, I want to say it was a Netflix movie, uh, came out in 2017 called what happened to Monday. Who cares? Mondays suck. Well, six other people cared what happened to Monday. Six people. Actually seven other people cared what happened to Monday. Okay. Okay. Uh, again, overpopulation, uh, has called the world caused a worldwide crisis resulting in a strict one child policy. Uh, enforced by the Child Allocation Bureau. Kind of similar to like the thinning, but this is different. Um, <laughs> all except the elb- eldest children are put into cryosleep. Um, so they're ba- not killed. They're not killed. So That's a lot well, of money uh, so, to keep these people around. So the yeah, so so the 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 deal is they're put into cryo sleep, um, electronic bracelets like um, track all the citizens. But it, it's supposed to be like, you know, when this great utopia like happens, we're going to wake everybody up and it's going to be a beautiful world. That's that's their plan, their their reasoning. Uh, Karen Setman dies while giving birth to identical septuplets. Oh, my. Uh, their grandfather and Karen's father, Terrence, names them all after the days of the week. So they're, they're all... Ah, I, I get it. What ah, happened on Monday? Aha. Um, and trains them to pose as a single individual named after their mother. So they they all go out. Their own name is all Karen. There's a lot of Karens going oh, around. Oh, jeez. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So and then they have to come back home and, you know, report the days stuff so like the next person can be ready for it monday i guess gets into you know conversation with a guard at like wherever her job wherever her job is and one day monday just disappears like after she she goes for a promotion uh which she ended up getting from jerry a competitor um so he like he is trying to like blackmail her and all that stuff after she got a promotion but yeah, all of a sudden she disappears, and then basically like the rest of the movie, the father is played by Willem Dafoe. Oh, cool. Um, but he did actually he did a really good job, and um, so basically it all starts with Tuesday. Tuesday's starting to retrace her steps and all this stuff, and trying to find out what happened to Monday. And uh-huh. there, there's some there's a there's a twist like at the like at the end of the movie. Uh, so Glenn Close plays like the the head of the child allocation. Right, uh, bureau or whatever, and they they find out what's actually happening to the people put it in cryo sleep. So, Very like 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 I said again, another kind of like sci fi thing, but it was I really like that concept of 
you know, putting somebody, you know, six people posing as one. Right. Thing. Cool. All right. So for my number seven, I'm going a little, this little six? rogue. Number six. What? Are we on six? Oh, no, you're right. I'm on seven. Okay. I think I said seven, but I, that was actually my number eight. See, my, my, my list is all fucked up, and now I'm confused. My number seven, going rogue. Back on uh, October 31st, 2010, Halloween night. The Patriots played the Vikings. They beat them 28 to 18. What does that have to do with my pick? Nothing. I was in a great mood is all I needed to say. Frank Darabont directed the first episode of The Walking Dead. Uh, I stayed away from TV shows on this one. I could not not put this on there because it's awesome. And it's about to be in the last part of the last season. So I'm feeling it, man. I know a lot of people fell off on The Walking Dead. But you gotta admit, I mean, that was. I've actually heard this last season is really good. It is really good. And 12 years, that's gotta speak for something. It does. Uh, the cast, I cannot name them all. There are 930 <laughs> acting credits. That's, that's a lot of people. But I mean, you know the story zombies, people. Oh, the people are bad. They're worse than the zombies. Ah, brains. You know. Zombies. Awesome. Walkers. A lot of great music. Oh, they're walkers. They're biters. They're a lot of other things that other people call I feel it. like every group called them something different. Yeah. And it's funny because not one person thought to say, they're just fucking zombies. Why are you all calling them something stupid? Did they purposely not say zombies? Yes. Okay. I, I, like, I thought I read that. That was just like in, didn't they do that in Shaun of the Dead too? Like, Don't say the Z word. Maybe. Okay, moving along. All right, so my number seven. This one I was kind of surprised that I liked. I um, I caught this on again. It was like one of those. If you watch this, you may like this, <laughs> like, like kind of things. And um, so this is uh, 2015, with Maggie, Maggie, Maggie. Uh, starting starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Abigail Breslin, surprisingly really good. Um, it was cool to see a different side of like Arnold's ability, like acting ability. Uh, so so basically, present day. It's not a tumor. Well, no, it was not a tumor. What does definitely... your daddy do? <laughs> Who's your daddy, and what does he do? He looks at vaginas all day long. I'll be back. <laughs> so this is, uh, it came out in 2015, uh, present day Midwestern U.S. Uh, society struggles to function in the aftermath of a zombie pandemic. They call it necroambulism. Oh, God. Uh, barely, it says barely under control. But the, the thing is, like, like, so Maggie Vogel, played by Breslin, uh, calls her father from a broken city under curfew, uh, her voicemail urges her, you know, not to come find me. And then, like, she loves him. She was so she basically she was bitten. And knowing she only has a few weeks before, uh, you know, she turns. So, like, in this one, they turn very slowly. Hmm. Yeah. Weeks um, sense. Yeah. 
so they actually like they'll they'll send them to quarantine like once it's past the point of no return but like in the times before that like you can still be around other people like you're still it seems risky like wouldn't the people that are going to head to quarantine like couldn't there be some people that just run there's 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 different signs like it's once you start like smelling the other person as like food like i know it's like a shitty like a, a corny way to say it but like once they're like oh like there was like one scene where she's like oh like somebody cooking bacon Oh, and she's oh, it must be like, you know, daddy downstairs, like whatever. And like, he's not even in the house. So it's like that, that, that's like a sign, but like, you know, they have weekly doctor's appointments right? where, you know, to see how things are like progressing or degressing or degressing. Exactly. And so basically, you know, he's, he's fighting this whole time with himself as to like, you know, she's getting worse. Like at one point, like she cuts her finger and this black, like shit comes out of it and she cuts off her finger like trying to stop everything oh and so you know he's with living with the decision it's like okay do i put her in quarantine do i put her out of her misery do i just let her go like what do i do kind of thing and um it was you know what you do say hasta la vista baby <laughs> so i mean there's no not a whole lot of like real gore in the movie it's not really a typical zombie movie like again like another like different kind of side i feel like they're trying to do other things other than like your typical like zombie stuff. Cool. Yeah. I, uh, that wasn't even on my radar. I don't it's, even know it's if I've good. ever even heard of it. Yeah. Nice. It's, it's pretty good. Man, it doesn't seem like we're going to have a lot of doubles on this one. There are a lot more dystopian post-apocalyptic end of the world movies than I had thought. Definitely, definitely love the, love the genre. So for my number six, yeah. We are going to, well, I guess it doesn't say what year this is. This is today, motherfuckers. Watch out. You probably already know what happened. Then again, you might not. You might not even give a shit. But I'm going to tell you anyway. We all went about our daily lives oblivious to how bad things were in the world. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah, it sounds like today. And then they hit the reset button, erasing all their problems along with the hundreds of millions of lives. No one saw it coming. The end. So basically, oh, did I even say what movie it was yet? No. 2018, The Domestics, starring Kate Bosworth, who just did the, the narration, although it sounded like me. Great movie. So it starts off with these kids getting out of school and you just see all of these planes flying overhead and you see the uh, the chemtrails. They're like, they gassed the world. And like, it was immediate. Like one kid's looking up and his nose just starts bleeding. And apparently everyone died, she said. The lucky ones were dead in seconds. As for the rest of us, immune to the black poison, we had to decide. Hang on to the civility of the past or become savages in a new dark future. So I'd already written down my list. I was done. I was like, sweet. And then I came across this movie and I had to rearrange my whole list. I kicked off a movie. This was just so much fun. It starts off with this married couple. And even in the opening scene, you see like one of their pictures got ripped apart. So it's like two separate pieces of the picture and and you see someone taping them back together <laughs> and you're like okay so obviously their relationship is in turmoil you find out that they were going through a divorce when the end of the world happened 
and she's trying to move on and he's trying to win her back basically and they take a trip to beer town milwaukee I'd like to go there that's where her parents are and she wants to she wants to see her parents and also stars tyler hoakland he plays superman in uh, in some show supergirl or something Anyway, so they're Nick West and Nina Monroe. She makes a makes a point to say that her last name is Monroe at one point, and it's like, ooh, ouch. Lance Reddick is in this. So really cool way that they do some of the um, exposition. Hey, this is Crazy Al. You're listening to K-I-L-U. Let's kill you radio. This is going out to the domestics. Watch out for all those crazy people wearing masks. Because apparently every different gang, they all wear different <laughs> types of masks. So you got the gamblers, the sheets. The sheets basically go around like ghosts. They're wearing sheets. You've got the plowboys, nailers, cherries. That's the women gang. And the domestics. So the domestics are basically people that are trying to live life like it used to be and not get affiliated with a gang. Um, they... they it goes quick. I feel like it's only an hour and a half, if that, and it goes by really quick. There's a lot of action. There's some fucking cool violence. And yeah, it, it's a love story. A rocky love story. But I really enjoyed it, so it definitely had to be my my number six because it was awesome. Nice. I think I saw that I think I saw that on a couple lists. You know, you know, related, I when you searching through like you know, private always comes up with related like stuff. I want to say I did see that. Yeah, I I think I was just going through Tubi and I just randomly came across it. And then when I saw the, the description, I was like, huh, no shit. That just happens to be what we're doing for an episode. I guess I can watch one more. And I loved it. Wicked cool. All right, then. So my number six, we're going to jump to... Well, now. Now. Now, now. Like, now, now. So, in 2022. Uh Uh-oh. That is now. That is now. Unless you're listening to this next year, then it was then. Yes. But when will then be now? I feel like we already did that. But (laughs) the cumulative effects of overpopulation, pollution, and the apparent climate catastrophe. So far, a lot of these movies... Could have been solved if people didn't like the fuck so much. Yeah, but it also people like to fuck. Yeah. What is life without that? That's a dystopia. Yes. So uh, it has caused a worldwide catastrophe, uh, caused by caused severe worldwide shortages of food, water, housing. There what are movie f- is this? We're gonna go 2022 in New York. Soylent Green. Ah, okay. There's 40 million people. It's people! In New York. It's people! (laughs) There's 40 million people in New York City alone. Like, that's insanity right there. Oh, man. Imagine trying to catch the subway. And like the the opening... get a cab? It's hard to get a cab now. The opening of the movie is... And it's not funny, ironic. But like, you know, they show like you know, generations of like pictures of like the 1800s and, you know, they slowly move up and then there's population, there's traffic jams, there's people wearing masks. 
and like and all this stuff and you're like wow that's kind of now um so anyway like only the city's elite can afford spacious apartments which you know are probably like this that sounds like new york already exactly well even boston too and yeah. like you know, like even they're crazy uh clean water natural food uh the homes of the elite are fortified with private security bodyguards uh for their tenants and usually include concubines who are referred to as furniture and serve the tenants as slaves what People yeah. are furniture? People are referred to as furniture, but they are concubines. Oh, that's a nice way to say footstool. Yes. Uh, within the city, uh, there's uh, Detective Frank Thorne um, and his aged friend Saul Roth. Thorne is played by uh, Charlton Heston. Uh, he's high, in, and his friend Saul is a highly intelligent former college professor and police analyst referred to as a, a book. Uh, Thorne is basically tasked with investigating the murder of a wealthy and influential influential William Sim Simonson, a board member of the Soylent Corporation. Now, yeah, Soylent Yellow and Soylent Red were supposed to be these like like your vegetable like stuff, right? And then this new stuff called Soylent Green. And, uh, you know, he's like, like I said, he's, he's murdered. So he basically, he's trying to figure out like who, who did it and all that stuff that, that the police department's trying to, you know, like, just, just, just put it, like, just stop, just put it away, put it away. Like, it's, it's not a big deal. Like, forget about it. And then obviously, I mean, this movie is fuck God knows how old. I, I feel like at this point, everybody knows that like Soylent Green is basically People. made up with, with the remains of like the dead. Yeah. I mean, Charlton Heston did such a great job delivering the line that everyone knows the twist. Yeah. It's just like when he's on the beach and he sees the Statue of Liberty, he's like, damn you, damn you, apes. <laughs> like, you know. But I mean, it's, it, it, it's still, I mean, it's, it, it, it like, it hits you because you're like, holy shit, like, how far are we from that? Well, it would be Monsanto green. <laughs> <laughs> But but yeah no it's, it's really good. It's an oldie. I definitely definitely recommend checking that one out if you haven't seen it already. Nice. Oh, I think that about wraps it up for this half. So we'll see you next week for part two of Dystopia. And I, I guess we're just gonna hang out here in the in the bunker. We've got enough provisions to last us for well, I got enough beer for. Yeah, Jeremy might not make it to the next well, episode. Well, let's see. It's 4.18 now, so I'm guessing probably by like, I don't know, good to like six. <laughs> All right. So follow us on Twitter. We're at Fans of the Dead one That's the number one. Reach out to us at Fans of the Dead podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, drop us a line. Yeah, uh, we are on Instagram, Fans of the Dead Podcast. Uh, we are on Facebook, Fans of the Dead. Go to our website, fansofthedead.com. We uh, are also on the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. Check us out. Uh, there's a lot of shows there. Different variety of things for, for everybody. There's something for everybody on that uh, on that page. Go to prescribedfilms.com. Go to our yeah. website, fansofthedead.com. Buy some swag. Jeremy's wearing a new cool hat. Yes. I'm excited about this hat. Cool. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. So till next time, have fun. Be safe. Peace. <laughs>